Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for April 12, 2023. What is super core inflation and how does it impact Fed policy? The Consumer Price Index showed further signs of cooling in March, led by declining prices in grocery stores and at the gas pump. But it was not all good news, as services inflation remains high and could keep some cost increases elevated for consumers well into 2024. This is Brian Kirk, and here to talk through all the important details and implications from the March CPI report is senior economist Ben Ayers. Hello, Ben. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, glad to be here. You know, inflation has been a strain on our wallets for several months, placing even more attention to the monthly CPI data. And today we received data from March. So Ben, what were the key takeaways that our audience should know about? And was there any good news in regards to consumer prices? No, there was. And I think in aggregate, there was more good than bad for consumers within the March CPI update. And that's something we haven't been able to say about inflation readings and feels like in quite some time. The headline consumer price index was softer than expected with only a 0.1% increase. And because of that, we saw the year over year change in the CPI slow from 6% all the way down to 5%. You know, obviously that's still higher than where we'd like to be, but we're far lower than the 9% plus reading that we had last summer and certainly moving in the right direction. For March, the decline was led by a sharp drop in energy costs. We saw gasoline prices drop to about 4.6%. And we finally saw a little bit of reprieve in food costs. Uh, Food at home, which is basically all your purchases you make at grocery stores, actually declined on a month-over-month basis for the first time since September of 2020. We're still seeing that costs for food are up sharply compared to a year ago, almost up double digits. But this is a good sign that maybe we'll see some more cooling of food costs in coming months and finally start to see some relief from the the price increases we've seen for food over much of the past couple of years. On the other side of the coin, though, there were still some signs of concerning trends for core inflation, specifically service costs. The year-over-year change in the core CPI actually ticked up to 5.6% from 5.5% in February, you know, not moving in the right direction there, uh, and still seeing strong increases in the cost for transportation. And this month, it was mainly car insurance and airline fares, and, and that was offsetting declines that we saw, further declines in used car prices, and a little bit more decline on medical care costs as well. So, you know, some good, some bad there, but in general, still seeing that service costs broadly continue to move higher and continue to keep core inflation particularly uh, much higher than we'd like it to see. Housing costs didn't rise as much as it normally has over the past five or six months, but it's still up uh, 8.2% over the past year and continues to put a lot of upper pressure on costs for households as well. So all in all, I would say you know, a little bit of good, a little bit of bad, but generally a positive update for consumer inflation, obviously cooling a little bit more than most estimates expected. Um, but we're still seeing some areas and some pockets of concern for costs, and that's continuing to keep the spotlight on inflation as we look over the rest of the year. Yeah, well, thanks for those highlights, Ben. You, you know, you mentioned that the service costs remain high in March, and we've known that this is a big focus for the Fed. And specifically, we've heard a lot of conversation about so-called super core inflation. And as I understand it, this is a measure that's defined as how much cost for services go up across the economy, excluding the impact from housing. 
So can you tell us more about super core inflation? Why is there so much emphasis on this measurement of inflation? Yeah, this is, you know, really it's the part of the inflation story that the Fed actually has some control over because it's a big tie to the labor market, tied to interest rates, and tied to really the types of monetary policy that the Fed tries to slow down the economy or speed it up depending on where we are in the cycle. The Fed can't do as much about food, energy, and housing costs, because these are all very highly supply-demand sensitive. And so the costs go up just because of some supply-demand factors there, which does have some influence from Fed policy, but nearly as much as, say, the labor market and the services side of things. So the food, energy, housing, those are excluded from the overall inflation index that we see for the CPI to get more of a super core measure. This also tends to be the portion that can be stickier, meaning it lingers around longer because it's a lot harder to slow down services inflation once it takes off. And so it's a big focus on obviously where inflation is right now, but where inflation will likely go over the next year or so as the Fed tries to look into that forward guidance and see where things could go from a price perspective over the rest of the year and into 2024. Um, for March, our, our super core inflation measure, as by our calculations, did ease a bit um, down to 5.7% from a little north of 6% in February. So a little bit of a positive sign there. And it has been on the downtrend for much of the past six months, but it really hasn't slowed much from its recent peak at 6.5% as of September. It hasn't slowed nearly as much as we've seen with the overall CPI. And it's far above the 2.2% average that we saw in the five years before COVID. So we're still seeing this alignment between a continued very tight labor market conditions within the economy and higher service costs, particularly as measured by the super core measure. And we did add a million jobs in the first quarter. And so that tells us that there's still plenty of momentum for wages and for services inflation more broadly. And there's still plenty of work to do for the Fed to really bring inflation to heel and bring it back down to the levels that they'd like it to see. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. As we look at the breakdown of the super core measure, what areas of cost pressure stands out to you, especially those that are more relatable to most households? Yeah, we mentioned this in the the numbers for March, but what really jumps out is transportation services. And these are your costs for auto repairs. These are your costs for auto insurance. These are your airline fares that are still really rebounding from the big declines that we saw over the case of COVID. Uh, In particular with those three categories, auto repairs are up 17% on a year-over-year basis. Car insurance up 15% on a year-over-year basis. Airline fares up almost 18% on a year-over-year basis. So when you add this whole category of transportation services up, it's up almost 14% as of March compared to March of 2022. And we talked about that 5.7% increase in our super core CPI measure. Transportation services contributed more than half of that. And so it's clearly a key driver of what we're seeing for services inflation as those markets continue to be very tight for labor, pushing up wages, and obviously increasing costs for most households across the economy as well. And bringing it back to those households, this means that when, say, you have an unexpected auto repair cost, that becomes much more difficult for many families to try to to pay for. You know, we did get some survey data at the end of 2022, and it showed that the majority of Americans couldn't afford a surprise $1,000 expense. And so we're seeing that 
you know, expenses that might have been $600 a year or two ago, now seven, $800, and so on and so forth. When it talks about auto repairs and car insurance, and they think about taking that next trip and flying somewhere, it's going to cost a lot more. And so this continues to kind of limit the amount of the ability of most American households to spend on these categories. Um, digging a little deeper into the super core, we do see that recreation services, so this is mainly cost for hobbies. If you take your pet to the vet, where you go out to a movie or a concert, those are up pretty rapidly as well. Um, not as much of a contributor as transportation services, but still adding to the overall costs. And we are seeing faster inflation for hospital services, also daycare and preschool. Uh, and this really, again, all ties back to the very tight labor market. And these, not surprisingly, are some of the industries that are having the biggest difficulty adding workers. So they have to pay more for their workers, and those costs are being passed along to end consumers. Uh, one other note on this is this is also primarily discretionary spending areas, and it's not surprising that we are seeing more and more households start to cut back on these areas. Maybe they're not going to take that trip. Uh, maybe they're going to look for a different way to take care of their kids as opposed to paying for preschool or daycare. So we're seeing that many areas uh, on the spending front, we're seeing consumers cut back, particularly on discretionary spending. And this is something we'll expect more to see from consumer behavior over the rest of the year, particularly if we start layering in some weaker job numbers in coming months. Well, thanks, Ben. Let's shift now to our forward outlook ahead here now. We're solid, like you said before, we are seeing some positive signs of easing inflation. But recently, OPEC Plus announced a decrease in production, which caused oil prices to climb again. And like you said before, service costs are unlikely to cool off anytime soon. So, Ben, looking ahead through the end of this year and into 2024, where does our inflation estimate stand right now? And what factors could swing that outlook either upward or downward? Yeah, that's the biggest question right now. And, you know, we, we, we still expect to see that the overall inflation, the overall CPI numbers will start to continue to cool off over the course of 2023. And the opener we mentioned, we're at 5% on a year-over-year -year basis for the CPI right now. I think in coming months, we could see that dip below below five into the fours. And I think by the end of the year, we could even be in the high threes um, for overall inflationary readings on a year-over-year -year basis. You know, that's still higher than we'd like to be. We'd like to be closer to two to two and a half percent. Um, so you're still at the high threes by the end of the year. You're still maybe almost double where you'd really like to be, but clearly moving in the right direction. But I do think that the declines from here won't be as sharp. Uh, we're seeing that because of the tight labor market and services inflation, it's probably still a bit of a lengthy path down to normal inflationary pressure. And so even as we turn the calendar into 2024, still expecting it to be higher than we'd like it to be, even by the end of next year, maybe not even still down into the twos yet. And so really talking more like 2025, we're back more to where we expect inflation to be. Obviously, a lot of uncertainty there, but you know, given what we have historically seen from services inflation, when it gets this high, it's going to take a while to unwind that. And so because of that, we're expecting a little bit of a hotter inflationary environment for the rest of this year and likely for much, if not all, of next year as well. Um, if we do see a recession start, you know, say in the second half of this year, that could help to cool things off, um, especially within the labor market. I mean, we're already seeing signs of easier hiring, hiring conditions. 
Um, job openings are down. Um, we're hearing about more layoffs in more sectors. And obviously, we're hearing from many businesses that they're reducing hiring plans. But we're not going to go from an extremely tight labor market to a loose labor market and much cooler wages overnight. It's going to take some time to get there. And I think because of that, we're still expecting a relatively elevated inflationary environment, just continuing to see some modest cooling from here. Um, you also mentioned oil prices. That's always a swing factor, too, depending on how much we see demand um, and supply of oil in the market right now. Obviously, OPEC's planning on there being reduced economic activity. They're, they're looking at the forecast and seeing that potentially see reduced activity and demand for oil. Um, so they're starting to see some cuts. So we'll, so we'll see how that lays out. But obviously, oil is always a, a key swing factor for us. But when we look at the overall outlook, I still think, unfortunately, that we're remains more upside risk than there really is downside risk. Obviously, we're see, seeing some areas cool off, but I think it's more likely we see a little bit more upside risk to the outlook than really the, the downside at this point. Hopefully, we'll see things cool off, um, but we haven't seen consumers really cut demand yet. Um, they're still spending pretty well. And because of that, there's not a lot of pressure on many businesses to start to rethink price increases or even input price decreases. And until we start to see that happen to a greater degree, probably going to be talking about still relatively elevated inflationary pressure, maybe just obviously not as hot as we've seen for the past couple of years. Thanks, Ben. As we wrap up today's podcast, we can't talk about inflation without mentioning the Fed. And there are a lot of cross-currents for the Fed officials to analyze including the recent banking crisis and a labor market that's still strong. Now, ben, what impact, if any, does the March CPI report have on Fed decisions coming up in the next few months? And what do we expect at the next FOMC meeting in early May? Yeah, I, th I think in the near term here, the, the latest update, you know, while it was a little cooler than expected, I think it pretty much just confirms what we're hearing from the Fed on inflation. They're, they are mentioning that there are several pockets of seeing disinflation across the economy, even outright deflation with an outright decline in prices as we're seeing supply conditions, particularly on the goods side and food and energy start to normalize more broadly. So there are some areas of good news that are causing inflation to cool, um, but we got to go back to the core inflation. We got to go back to the super core measure and both those remain very elevated and much higher than where the Fed would like to see. And you know, at least we are seeing a little bit of cooling of those trends, not much yet, and likely a longer path to get back to normal. So I really doubt in the near term it's going to move them off of their base case of another smaller 25 basis point increase in the first week of May. Um, but clearly, we're probably towards the end of the Fed's tightening cycle. Uh, you know, when you look at the news from the banking sector, that has calmed down too. So I think the focus can shift back to what labor market conditions and persistent inflation. And so because of that, I think they're going to push through one more rate hike. But obviously, we're getting into pretty elevated levels for rates. And rates are acting as a restrictive nature for the economy. And we are seeing the impact of the rate increases we've seen over the past year really start to change the decision-making for many businesses and many consumers as we move into 2023. Uh, and so I think we're going to move the situation, the conversation away from how many more rate hikes to when do we eventually start to see the Fed ease? Based upon our forecast that we just laid out for inflation, um, I don't think 
that we're going to see the Fed start to ease before the end of the year. It's probably more in the early stages of 2024. Obviously, a lot of uncertainty around that, but I think the, the balance at this point is going to be pointed towards higher for longer with the rate front of things and not expecting to see as many cuts as maybe we're seeing priced in within financial markets at present. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of scenarios here, and we're focused on maybe we see a deeper cut in economic activity in the second half of this year, or maybe we see further signs of financial market stress um, that could move up that timeline from maybe the first quarter of 2024 into the fourth quarter of this year. Um, that's just not the base case right now, but clearly still a lot of things can happen over the next six to 12 months that could swing when the Fed moves. But we still think the balance puts them towards keeping the rates higher and more restrictive into 2024 at this stage. Well, Ben, thanks again for joining us today for a great discussion on the latest trends for inflation. And to our audience, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications when each new episode is released. In the next few weeks, we're going to provide an update on how international economies are performing. And we're also going to provide our analysis of the GDP report for Q1, which will be released later this month. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023. Nationwide.